Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 99 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign. And today we're going to press through to the throne room. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. My friend, this is such a beautiful passage and reality if we can grab hold of it. Remember that grace and mercy are not the same thing. And in this we see that at the throne we can grab hold of both. Of course we understand that mercy is not receiving what we deserve. However, grace is receiving what we do not deserve. The definition of grace is God's favor that comes by sonship, by adoption into the family, by the atoning of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is power which we get by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Grace is literally the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome sin and temptation and the enemy. It is the authority that is granted to us as kings and priests and sons and daughters of the Most High God. It is the power of the Holy Spirit manifested in our life. This is why in the Old Testament, many times the Holy Spirit was called the Spirit of grace. And it is also divine influence because we know that God says that as many as are led by my Spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. Therefore, by the receiving of that Holy Spirit, we can commune with Him daily. We can hear what he's saying. We can seek his wisdom, his counsel, his insight. Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit shall come, it shall lead you into all truth so that there is no need for us to wonder or lack or stray or fall into the pit. If we will come boldly before the throne of grace each and every day, he will show us all the plans and snares and traps of the enemy. He will give us revelation and wisdom. Not of ourself, but from him. Why? Because of his mercy. Because that Jesus understands our frailty. Because that he walked as a man and experienced every temptation that we experience. He understands that we need that grace, that we need his help. Therefore, did God make a way through the blood of Jesus that we could come boldly before that throne daily and receive what we need to walk in victory? So today we need to get it in our spirit that we have access to the very throne room of heaven through the power of prayer and intercession. And we need to use it. We need to grab hold of it. We need to learn to make it our first resort and not our last. 
I've often heard people say when all else fails, pray. But to do that is a demonstration of a lack of faith. Because if we truly believe that we have access to the throne of grace, we will go there boldly every day. We will go there first. We will make it our first priority. We will seek him early. In fact, we will go there before the trials arrive, before the temptations, before the attacks, before we step out in the flesh and begin to act by our own leading. Because Paul said that he bore witness that the Hebrews, they had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Therefore, they went about trying to create their own righteousness, but not walking in God's righteousness. In other words, they did what they thought was right because they didn't stop to seek the Lord for what he said was right. And in this, do we often make dire mistakes in the Old Testament, there was a king and the Lord was not pleased with him because that it says he did evil in the sight of the Lord because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. If we don't seek him for his wisdom, then we will begin to move in our wisdom, which does not compare to the enemy's wisdom because it says in the beginning in the Garden of Eden that the serpent, that old devil, was the wisest creature that God ever created. Therefore, for us to outsmart him, we cannot trust in our own intellect, but we have to go to a higher wisdom. We have to go to God's. Only what God tells us to do will allow us to walk around every trap and snare that the enemy is setting because he is very cunning and he plays on our pride and our laziness and our complacency and our compromise to get us to walk right into his lies. But for the man or woman of God who will humble themselves and seek his face and pray every day, God will show you the way of escape because he said there is no temptation that he has not provided a way of escape from, but we're not wise enough to find it. We've got to seek him. We've got to come boldly before the throne of grace. So how do we enter in to that great court of heaven? Well, the Bible makes it very clear. It says, let us enter into his gates with thanksgiving in our heart and into his courts with praise. We've got to come before him and lift up a sound of adoration. It opens the gates of heaven. We've got to be willing to minister to him before he will step in and minister to us. Let me explain something, my friend. In the Bible, there were two types of priesthoods. There were the Abiathar priest and there were the Zadok priest. The Abiathar priest, God was not pleased with, but the Zadok, he was. Now, what was the difference between the two? The difference is that scripture says that the Abiathar priest ministered to the people, but Zadok ministered to God. Therefore, I am here to tell you that the keys to opening the gates of heaven is to learn how to stop trying to please men and how to bring things in in your own doing, but to learn how to come before the very gates of heaven and start to minister to God like Zadok did. It is not our place to minister to men. It is our place to minister to God that he might step in and minister to men because only when the anointing steps in are yokes truly broken. And we begin that process with thanksgiving and with praise. It opens up 
those gates that we might enter into the holy of holies where the very throne of grace is. This is the function of an intercessor. We all know those people that it seems like their prayers immediately reach the ears of God. And when there is a dire need in our life, we run to them and say, pray for me, pray for me. We know that we can pray for this need, but we've seen God move for them. They are the intercessors. They are the ones who have access. And we ask ourselves why? Because they have set aside the time to build that relationship they've become. A friend of God. When a friend calls, when a friend knocks, you open the door immediately. I think one of the greatest examples of this that we see in scripture is Esther. She is the archetype for the intercessor. She didn't run right into the king's court and begin laying out her demands and petitions and expecting him to submit to them. She took time to build relationship and favor with him. Now, of course, we don't enter in by our own merit. Don't get me wrong. We enter in only because of the blood of Jesus Christ, what he did, that he laid down his life and gave us his spirit that we might be able to enter in through the veil. But even once having been given access to the throne room, it's still not our place to run in and begin to demand things of the king of kings, the God of all creation. We need to take a lesson from Esther and come in and sup with him and build that relationship. And so the intercessor, they bring these things to God daily. They come before him and they don't just pray for the needs of the people, but they minister to God directly as Esther did with attention and love and adoration. That because of this intimate heartfelt relationship, when they bring their need, his ear is attentive to their plea. This is the greatest blessing and treasure and gift that God has given us this side of eternity to have access personally to the throne of grace. And yet so many disregard it daily. This was a great part of the reason that Jesus sacrificed, suffered and died was so that we wouldn't have to come to a priest, but that he would be our high priest and we would be able to enter in to this holy place and visit with him. So many times Jesus said, I want to sup with you. I want to commune with you. I want to be with you. I'm giving you a way to come and visit me every day to get strength. There are so many things that we can draw from that powerful place, the very throne room of God. It's it's a place for us to release worship. When we run into that place, we must fall on our face and begin to worship the king. Remember the example that was given in the Old Testament of when the son of Saul came in to the throne room of David, David being an archetype for Christ, Saul being an archetype for the devil, the son of Saul being an archetype for us because the Bible says that we are either children of God or children of the devil. We were children of the devil, just like that son of Saul, the child of the old kingdom who was worthy of death and had no place in the new, but by the mercies of David, when he ran into his throne room and fell on his face and praised David and acknowledged him as the rightful king and the ruler and cried out for mercy, David gave it. And then he poured out grace by saying, you now have a place at my table as one of my sons. This is what was done for us, but it all began when he entered in with worship. 
praise, adoration, acknowledgement of who God is and thanksgiving. It's a place of provision. Just like when David told that son of Saul that he had a place at his table and all of the provision of his house would be his. It's a place where we can come in to the throne of God and say, I am a son and daughter of the kingdom and I need some provision. It's a place that we make our petitions known. Now, I'm not talking about selfish things. I'm not talking about moving in greed, but I'm talking about a confidence that we don't need to be worried about anything. But through prayer and supplication, we need to come boldly before that throne of grace and let our petitions be known. We need to come and say, God, you've called me to this mission field. Now, this is the need of the people here. How are we going to meet it? I'm bringing this petition before you. you. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. You are the king of all creation. You are rich beyond measure. You have all authority and power. This is what we need, Lord, and I can't supply it, nor do I want to, because I want you to get glory for doing this for this people. So this is the petition. Father, I need you to meet it. But it's not only a place where we come and unburden ourselves or lay down our need. It's also a place where we come and humbly seek him for his instructions. And this is probably one of the least used purposes. We all run to him when we need something. But how often do we come to him before the problem or need even arises that he can instruct us how to avoid the pitfalls and snares? Or do we just walk into them and then cry for him to get us out once we're there. We've got to learn how to seek him daily to come before that throne of grace and say, Lord, teach me, instruct me, guide me. What do you want me to do next? I have faith in you that you love me enough to give me the truth because you have suffered and died to release to me the spirit of truth. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of truth comes to lead us into all truth and to make all things known unto us. So, Lord, show me. I know you will because you love me. Such a powerful aspect of the throne of grace. Grace is power. Power to overcome the enemy and temptation. And we know that there's a way of escape. But many of us don't walk in that overcoming grace because that we have not come to the throne of grace to seek it. This is what Paul was saying when he said that God understands. He knows our frame and remembers that we are dust. We've got to come to him. Jesus made a way to come and get the grace to grab hold of the grace to overcome and walk in power. We don't have to fall to temptation or the enemy. We've just got to come and get the equipment that we need to walk in our God-given authority. The throne room is where we come to be strengthened. Jesus knows. He understands our infirmity. He's been in a place way worse than where we've been. Remember that in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed so fervently that his sweat fell as great drops of blood, it says that he prayed and cried out to God. 
and said, Not my will, but thy will be done. And immediately God sent an angel to strengthen him. We have access to that same grace when we enter in to the throne room. We can come to him and cry out and lay our weaknesses before him. And he will strengthen us. Many times that strengthening comes when he gives us a promise or a word or a revelation or instruction that stirs up joy within us because we start to understand what he is doing or he will show us the end from the beginning. He'll give us a little glimpse. He'll renew our vision. And in this, we begin to see even though where we are right now is hard, there is joy on the other side of it. There's an outpouring coming. There's a Pentecost coming. If we make it through this Gethsemane, this Passover season, and God is going to rejoice in the revealing, even though right now we might be hidden and in understanding his joy on the other end of what is coming, the joy of the Lord becomes our strength that we are able to endure to press through our Gethsemane. This throne room, this place of prayer, this place where we can come boldly before the very presence of the Lord God Almighty is the place where we receive power and giftings. We see this exemplified in the upper room when the 120 prayed fervently and then the power of grace was poured on them through the spirit of grace because they they had spent their time before the throne of grace. If you want true giftings, true power, true anointing, and true authority, then you need true grace. And you only get it from the throne of grace. You've got to get on your face before the Lord God Almighty and press in in prayer. It always astonishes me that we spend so little time there in that place of prayer, even though everything in our Christian life is given to us through prayer, if we could grab hold of that, we would prioritize it better, I believe. Our salvation comes through prayer on bended knee. Our sanctification comes through prayer when we come before that throne of grace and cry out before him daily to teach us, instruct us, and lead us. Our giftings and the power of the Holy Spirit, it comes through prayer, breakthrough, outpourings, miracles, The power of the kingdom of God is proclamated and manifested and demonstrated through and because of prayer. Get access to the throne room. You'll find all you need there. The throne room is where we get our promises. It's where we find joy. It's where we remind him and or remind it of his great promises. It's where we draw strength for the waiting. And it's where he lets us know the times and the seasons, and when the revealings are coming. And I think probably more precious than almost anything else is that in the throne room is where we finally grab hold of the depths of his holiness. Oh God, we worship you before your throne in the beauty of your holiness. The word of God says that all of the elders and the angels, they stand before the throne of God day and night and they cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. They grab hold of the vision of holiness. They understand because they stand in the presence of his holiness. And when we get in the presence of his holiness, when we go through the veil, 
covered in the blood and infilled with the spirit and we stand before that throne of grace and we are permeated by his holiness his righteousness his power and authority it takes away every lie of the enemy that sin and temptation death hell and the grave cannot be overcome because we begin to see that he's already won there is nothing that can stand in the presence of our holy God. And so we began to cry out also, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. Our anointed, chosen, perfect, powerful, holy one. It's where we are permeated by his character and learn it so intimately that the enemy can no longer deceive or strip it from me. It's where I see that my God is strength, that my God is purity, that my God is power, that my God is unfailing and uncompromising, that my God is undefeatable, that his wisdom is unsearchable, that his power is unstoppable, that his glory is unmatchable, that his majesty is uncomprehendable. That his love is unfathomable and that his counsel is invaluable. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 11 it says, According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. My friend, you can have confidence today. That if you have come to God with a repentant and humble heart and acknowledged him as your Lord and Savior, the rightful king, the son of the living God. And if you have believed on his name, which means salvation, he will save his people from their sins. If you believe by faith that he is who he says he is, that he can save you from your sin, then you can have access to enter in to the throne of grace, to receive the grace, to overcome that sin and walk in overcoming victory led by his spirit, atoned for by his blood, empowered by his righteousness. Because that you have sought the Lord. The Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God. Because those who come to him must believe that he truly is God. Which means that we've got to believe that nothing is too hard for him. That nothing is impossible for our king. And therefore when we enter in, when we search for him, when we seek his wisdom to find the way to do those impossible things in all faith that he can he will release the grace so that through you he will because it concludes to say that we must also believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him seek him seek his face and find the way to break through into that throne of grace he is waiting for you in the throne room today there is so much available in that place we enter the throne room to cry out for help we enter the throne room to be equipped and to get our orders for the fight and then there are those who enter the throne room just to check on god because that's what friends do 
That might seem a little counterintuitive because what can we do for him? We don't need to check on him, but he still has a heart for you. And he wants us to treat him like a true friend. And that's what friends do. We minister to him. And we don't just come with our hands open expecting him to minister to us. But we are willing to share in his burdens and offer him our love. So my friend, I want to leave you with this. That not only do we run into that throne room to get orders for the fight. To seek him to teach us what is wrong and what is right. To make our petitions known, to ask him or to remind him or ourselves even of his great promises. But make time every day to come in and just be his friend. To share in his suffering. To tell him, Lord, I love you. I know that so many have broken your heart today. But I want to ease it in any small way that I can by telling you that I want to be a good and faithful friend. I want to sit with you a little while. I want to tell you that I love you. I want to tell you that no matter what it costs me, I want to stay close to you. I want to obey you. Not because you need my service. Not because I'm trying to gain some greater placement in your kingdom. But because I love you and I know that your heart needs this. Because from the beginning, you created us for fellowship. And I think that this is the greatest ministry that any person could ever hope to walk in. We've got to remember that even Jesus himself had to make time to get away and pray. And he did it often. How much more should we? And finally, there's an aspect to the throne room that we often neglect. And it is a place of rest. It's in that place of fellowship that we rest and are renewed. That we love on him and he loves on you. And he refocuses you for the fight. He breaks down all the enemy's lies. And we just sit and abide with him. We stay at his feet like Mary did. We listen and we pour our love back out, our adoration. And in this place of rest and quietness and attentiveness to him... We are so refreshed, we are strengthened, we are renewed, we are made new in our inner man. This is why the Bible says that in the New Testament, our Sabbath is found in Christ. Because that through Christ, we can enter into this place of eternal life and grab hold of the promises and power of it now. That when we come back down out of that throne room, we are carrying the kingdom of heaven with us. The power of our God that we can walk out into this mission field that we call earth and say the kingdom of heaven is here. Now, let it be poured out through me. Not because of me, but because the king lives in me and is permeated through me entirely. Because I believed and took hold of the provision that he has granted me and went boldly before the throne of grace that I might receive it and bring it to those who need it. 
Father, we give you praise. We thank you that you have made a way as we press into this place of prayer, as we run before your throne and bow down and give you adoration and worship and attention. We thank you and we love you, God. We cry out. We make our petitions known. Lord, I come before your throne and I cry with everything that is in me. God, please reveal yourself to me and to this generation. Reveal yourself before this people that have never seen a true demonstration. God, make yourself so known that they cannot deny that they would fall before you under the yoke-breaking power of your anointing and worship the Lord God Almighty because you deserve it because you are holy, because you are worth it, because there is no other that can compare to you, because you are a good father, because you are glorious, because you are faithful, because you are tried and true. And I want all to come to know you, to know the true you, to have a personal relationship, to be able to grab hold of the truth that is made available through you. God, I give you praise and I cry out today. Make yourself known in this generation. That is my heart's cry and my petition. Lord, that more souls might be added to the kingdom. That they might truly love you and serve you and be able to run in before you and give you all the praise and the adoration that you and you alone deserve. Father, I'm so sorry for the grieving in your heart. For those who do not truly believe and that speak such unbelief that put down the power of your grace and make it something weak when you are strong and powerful and mighty and undefeatable you are my king and I worship you and thank you for all that you've done and are doing and that you will move to prove it in the earth God I lay before you all of my adoration. Lord, we repent of our sin and our selfishness and of putting things of low degree before time with you when you have given so much for us to have access to this throne of grace. God, we repent for believing that the power of the enemy is stronger, that temptation and trial is stronger, but it's not stronger. We've just not utilized what you have given us with your life, that you have given us access to come boldly before your throne, to grab hold of the grace to overcome these things. Lord, let us remember every day to pray, to come to you in faith that you might release the victory to us and to others through us. And God, we rest in your presence and thank you for your peace. We remind you of your promises and we remind ourselves of all of your faithfulness, your goodness, how many times you've come through and how faithful you are to do what you have promised to. And I pray that everyone today will take some time to just sit with you, to rest in your presence, to receive instruction and encouragement from you, Lord, to be imparted with the grace to do what you have called us to do. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play. 
or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.